I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell. It is great to have you. It's July 21st. Damn, summer is halfway over. But I got a great show for you this week anyway. Even though I I literally am melting. I mean, fuck. I just went to the swimming pool today and burned the shit out my back. Yeah, I'm that white. Lovely. It was a lot of fun anyway. You know, whatever. Uh, Anyway... Today, I'm going to give you a nine cents letters. And uh, yeah, this is a, an email that was sent. Uh, I'll give it to you here in a second. More of just an aside, but I had a question that I, I think deserves a little discussion. So I'm going to give that to you. And that's going to be um, what are ways to be an active member? And then episode three of Agent Provocateur The Goring of the Humans, a proposal on natural selection. I love it. And in the creature feature, we're going to give you Pun Hell, Pun Hell Episode 2. That's right. Now, because these second two segments aren't as long-winded as I normally am, I'm going to give you a bit of an intro here. So I'll start the show in just a minute. Just bear with me. There's a couple things that I wanted to talk about after, well, this last week, President Obama discussed race and he gave a really great um, press conference on his racial experience and how that related and how um, in general black people reflect on news events like Trayvon Martin. So I'm not going to get into Trayvon Martin at all but after hearing his speech and listening to last week's show on my way to and from work last week I thought I wanted to clarify a few things. I mean, it's easy for me to joke about virtually anything. And I I just want to sort of lay some groundwork because I felt like last week was pretty harsh. Um, I don't know if you felt that way, but that's just, that was my take on it. So let me give you a little uh, rundown on how I feel about things. Uh, Well, first, let me preface it by how the Church of Satan sees race. It's a non-issue. It's the same thing they see about sexuality, uh gender, everything in Satanism has to do with you as an individual and how you excel in life. So it doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. It doesn't matter what sexual orientation you are. As long as you are a powerful human being who exercises your authority in life, that, and and success on your own terms, that is what is important to Satanists. So that being said, this is the way I see it. I was raised in, my parents were really, really pretty white trash poor. So when my father um, and mother split, we lived in this, I don't know, we, we would call it a ghetto. 
where it was essentially just low-income housing uh, down in Provo at the time. And my mom was obviously trying to get over this abusive relationship, um, trying to deal with three children on her own. We ate a lot of oatmeal, I'll tell you. But uh, the point is, I, I had some formative years uh, in these projects where my, my friends were the little boys in the apartments next to me. Uh, they were black, but as a kid, like my mom and dad, they never, it was never a big deal. It was, it was like uh, the difference between someone being tan or not, you know? It had nothing to do with ethnicity or anything like that, because that's not how they even thought. So I never thought that. I never even gave it a second consideration at all, until I was in high school. And yeah, that that's a large jump there, but just to sort of lay some groundwork, it, it was never an issue for me, uh, ethnicity or race. It was other human beings down on their luck like we were, and we were just hanging out together playing baseball with a big old plastic bat and a big old plastic ball. Like, that's all I knew. Um, and that's all that was important. So when I was in high school, some friends of mine uh, sort of fell into this Aryan Nation sort of group. And, and what you find a lot in those groups is that you, there's not a lot of thinking involved. Usually it's someone that you respect, an older brother, or just someone that, that you look up to. And they tell you things, and you take them as fact. You take them as truth. So in my opinion, the Aryan Brotherhood or skinhead organizations are perpetuated by ignorance. Just stupidity, just taking what people you look up to for granted as being truth. Uh, and that's what I did. And so there was a lot of uh, negative Jewish uh, statements, uh, uh, stereotypes perpetuated uh, um, uh, verbally over and over again. And so I used to carry around a harmonica in part of my high school experience where I would just, you know, sort of sing the blues. It was really geeky looking back on it, but it was something I really liked. It was, you know, I... I dug it. And so I would do these really cheesy wah, 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 and just sort of riff uh, with lyrics. And I was in my reading uh, class, and they, they had literature courses, um, and uh, high school lit or something like that. But the instructor, uh, this uh, older woman, heard me sort of entertaining some of the other kids with this really racially charged um, anti-Semitic uh, blues riff that I was just sort of parroting information that I'd heard because I'd had no first-hand experience with, with anyone of the Jewish faith at all. Um, so it's not like I had personal experience to rely on for, for information. And she, uh, because of hearing this, obviously stopped me and said, look, I don't know that you know what you're saying, but if you do know what you're saying, it's not acceptable, and you can't, you can't do that here. And I didn't fully understand what she was saying, because I didn't think about what I was saying. I didn't think about, I, I didn't understand how it could influence anyone or, or how, how it could be taken, because I'd never been on the other side of it. So she had me, uh, well, she had the entire class uh, read Ellie Weasel's Night. I still have it today. I believe I'm saying the author's name correctly. I was looking over my shoulder for it on my bookshelf. Um, this book informed me about the Holocaust and uh, Jews, and I thought it was amazing. I thought it was fantastic. But it didn't stop me from goofing on different ethnicities. Uh, I did, you know, I held back a little bit because of this, what I suddenly realized was some serious things that happened to this, this group of people. 
even though it was a world away and uh, generations away as far as I was concerned. Um, and so I, I took that and I just sort of adjusted my behaviors. Um, never once thinking that anything I was doing was racist. Never once thinking that because it was never on my radar. I, I, I couldn't think that I was doing something racist because it, it wasn't in my vernacular. Um, and then the O.J. Simpson trial happened and there was a lot of people talking about race and I didn't fully understand it. I didn't, I just didn't get what people were, were freaking out about. Why would you, why would you target, um, uh, why would a jury say that, you know, this black man was guilty because he was a black man or, or, uh, you know, there's a lot of racial stereotypes happening that during that whole trial that I, it was just beyond me. I didn't fully understand um, and then a couple, uh, I don't know, maybe a year and a half later, I was still in high school at this time. I was walking down to Temple Square, and what we would like to do is just go downtown at night and just sort of walk around. You'd meet a lot of really great bums and um, some interesting characters down there. So we would do that, um, my girlfriend and I, and I had uh, my cousin and my girlfriend's friend with us. So we were walking down the street, and this uh, black girl with uh, some black guys uh, said something, um, I don't know, my girlfriend picked up as negative and she was a firecracker. And so she started calling her a bitch and, you know, they started collectively following us. What we didn't know at the time was that it wasn't just these two people uh, talking shit to us. It was maybe 15 of these people talking shit to us. And so it got to a point where I turned around and there was just tons of these black kids all harassing us, trying to get us to stop and react. One of them called me a nigger. I turned around and I said, hey, I'm not the nigger. And immediately it was on. Who you call a nigger, motherfucker? You calling me a nigger? I, no, I didn't. That's not what I said at all. I'm just saying if there's a nigger in the situation, it's not me. Obviously, I knew that would kind of piss them off. But at this point, there's a point in every conflict where you realize there's no getting out of it at this point. There's no turning back at this point. The conflict did not end the way I wanted it to, meaning my head held high. I was feeling good about myself. It ended where um, the the main guy, who was the girlfriend that was spouting off to my girlfriend, took a swing at me. Uh, they sort of backed us into this little um, cul-de-sac of buildings. I moved out of the way and I started walking away. I knew that I would get my ass kicked if I stayed there because I was certain at that moment that it wouldn't just be that one guy hitting me. So I walked away and um, on my way out, another black dude punched me in the side of the head. I stopped, I turned and looked at him and I, I, was, I was kind of an angry kid and so I would react before I would think. And so I started, you know, to step into him. He got this weird, like, whoa, I didn't expect this the guy to step to me. And so he took a step back and then I surveyed the situation again. I was like, oh shit, I'm going to get my ass beat. So I turned around and I walked away. Um, my girlfriend and everyone else were unscathed, a little bit hair pulling, but that was pretty much it for them. And we got into a coffee shop, called the police and they escorted us to our car. Um, so I've been jumped. I didn't get beat up at all, but uh, I was at the other end of a, a racially charged moment. Still, I never had any problems. I mean, it was one kid. I had a problem with him. I didn't think that because that one kid was a piece of shit that all black people were pieces of shit. I've had nothing but positive experiences outside of that. 
So I join the military and I get stationed in South Carolina, and that is a, a very populated area with black people. And so it was a bit of a change because Utah, though, yes, this may come as a shock to some of you, has black people in it. Not as many as South Carolina and certainly not as many as boot camp. So there was more religious issues than there were racial issues while I was in basic training. Meaning I came out as a Satanist day one and um, virtually every single one of those black men that were training with me were very religious. And so we would have charged discussions um, them mainly spouting, you know, rhetoric that they've been taught. I, one of them was a preacher, and so uh, he's sort of, you know, going off on his thing. But other than that, no violence at all. And again, I respected them all as soldiers in training and individuals. And then I saw them interacting with each other, and it was very different than the way they interacted with us, um, meaning us white kids that were in there. They would go through these really fantastic um I don't know what you would even call them, but they were like rap battles, essentially, where they would just sort of go off and, you know, we'd be all sitting uh, in the laundry room washing our clothes and they would just sort of go off. And so all the other white kids were outside, all the black kids were inside, and I was curious. I This is something new to me. And so I just sat down with them watching and really, really enjoying what they were doing. Um, and so I grew this appreciation for this sort of tiny culture that was formed in my basic training. So again, I'd never had any negativity towards any black men or women. And I actually kind of had a thing for a lot of black women. I don't know why, it's just something about them. They're very beautiful to me. Um, especially like the 70s uh, pinup black women. Holy fuck, that is awesome. Uh, but I digress. So when I joke and when I speak negatively about... Um, black culture, or Jewish culture, or um, Latinos of whatever um, background, or Asians of whatever background. I'm not doing it from a position of, I hate this person. I'm doing it fine to find to find a humorous edge in that broader context. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I find myself saying things and I'm like, wow, maybe maybe that was a little bit too far. But I, you know, I just want to double down on this. I've, I've never had any issue. I've never been raised with issue. And so it's still strange to me when I run across people, and I do, that think that there is a genetic difference between a black man versus a white man. It blows my mind. And I know that there are some scientific studies done on this. And I know that some people back it up. Um, argumentatively and aggressively. But I don't see it because I've known a lot of white people and I've known a lot of black pe people and it's not the group that is good or bad. It's always the individuals. And that's why I always take things on a person-by-person -person basis. Um, I don't know. Maybe that took a little bit longer than I had expected, but I, I did want to clarify that because I think it's important. I think it's important for you, the listeners, to understand where I'm coming from because, uh, you know, let's be honest, I've been doing this for, I'm working on my third year, you know, going up to my third year here. And uh, 
not all of you have listened to every single episode. And so you don't necessarily know where I'm coming from. And if you did just dive in last week for the first time, I could see how it would be seen as a very negative thing. And I do not want that. Um, I hate people, but I hate them for what they've done, not for who they uh, come from. And, and there's a big distinction there, and there's an important distinction there. And I know that's where the Church of Satan takes their stance. And personally, that's how I've always lived my life. Um, as in, cherish the individual for their worth and hate them for their actions that are against you or what you personally like. Um, and that's really it, or, or do your own. Um, so I've <laughs> gone off uh, much longer than I anticipated. All right, so, you know, here's here's a weird thing before we jump in the movie, or in the movie, into this show. This is weird because, like, half the show I'm actually not even a part of, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to work for my half, damn it. <laughs> I'm sitting down watching, and I know a lot of you don't enjoy this, but I kind of do, uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. It was actually an inspiration for the intro for um, my Satanist on Satanic Cinema bit. And if you watch both of them or listen to both of them, you'll understand. Um, but I like it. I enjoy it. They have some really funny people on there. So I'm watching that. And this happens no matter what. This will always happen whenever I'm in something that I want to hear. If you're hearing comedy, it's not about what you're looking at. It's about what they're saying. So you want to hear them. That's the important thing. They're telling jokes. You want to hear the damn jokes. Uh, my wife comes in, sits down, blah, 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 just starts talking as if she doesn't see me sitting here watching, like actively staring at a screen with moving pictures and words coming from the screen. Like she doesn't realize <laughs> that I'm trying to listen to this. Just goes off. Did you know that blah, 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 blah? I turn around, I'm like, what, what are you doing? It's like, I, I'm just telling you that, that I'm like, Did, do you not see this? What's happening here? You know, me waving my hand between the, the computer and myself. You don't see this relationship I'm having right now that, that you just completely interrupted. Like, I understand if it's, uh, Adam, the house is on fire. Or Adam, your child has been stabbed. Or Adam, um, your children are dead. Then, okay, interrupt my damn show. But anything outside of that especially concerning another TV show or something that someone at your work said to you, I give a fuck. Do not come in here and interrupt me while I'm watching something, like, engaged in it. And so I point out, like, I, I don't want to be rude, honey. I, I love you, but you've got to stop fucking interrupting me while I'm in the middle of something. Like, like wait for me to turn and acknowledge that you sat down, but... If I haven't turned to look at you, it's because something is happening. Probably it's building up to a joke and I want to catch it before I turn and look at you. I'm not just ignoring you because it, we live in the same house. We've been married for more than a dozen years. I mean, you should know this about me by now. Without fail, my friends, interrupts every fucking show I'm watching. So, <laughs> later that night... Without fail, watching um, of, uh, uh, Arrested Development on Netflix, she comes walking in, sits down next to me, blah, 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 what the fuck is happening? Like, can you not get this concept through your head? You have to understand that if I am watching something, I do not want to hear 
what the fuck? Or here, how about you do this? How about you sit down next to me and you put your hand on my leg or on my shoulder and say, Adam, excuse me, or, or hey, I, I really want to tell you something. Can you please pause it or just pause the movie yourself or do something other than just as if we'd been talking for an hour already and you're just bringing up another point or another subject, fly into your rant about blah, 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 blah. Uh, hey, I had peanut butter and jelly for lunch. What do you have? I don't fucking care. It doesn't matter to me. I, I'm in the middle of something. Come on. You are killing me, woman. Killing me. Yeah, that's my life. <laughs> Un. Unbelievable. And without fail. It, we could be watching a show together. Like, she is actively watching it with me. And it, it, seconds will go by. She'll turn to me and just start talking. Like, why are we even watching a show? Why, I, don't, I don't mind talking to you. I don't mind hearing what you have to say. But, but there's a time and a place. Come on. And then I'm the asshole for saying it. I'm the asshole for not just pausing the movie, turning into her, smiling, crossing my hands, and just, you know, nodding my head. Yes, that's that's wonderful news. I'm I'm really glad that you enjoyed your tuna salad sandwich. That that's amazing. I, I'm so excited to hear it. Can I now go back to my movie? Like, are, are you finished? How long do I have to sit here and listen to this meaningless banter before I can just go back to what I was doing when you erupted me interrupted me? Like, come on! You have to be able to see this! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Maybe I better stop. I think she can hear me down the hall. <laughs> um, and, and then a couple more things. Sorry, I know there's a lot of stuff I'm talking about. Sorry, going on these rants. Um, I, I take notes all week. I'm like, okay, I want to cover this. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. Um, and I wanted to thank you guys. This week's Nine Cents Letter is based on correspondence that I received from the website. Uh a testimonial that was sent or just a contact form that was sent in. Thank you very much. And I really, truly appreciate it. And and here's what I love hearing. I just learned about your show. Keep up the good work. I'm enjoying what you're doing. I love hearing that because that tells me that they stumbled across the show either um, by searching the web, which means that the work I've done is, is going well with SEO, or by someone else telling them about it whether it's the Church of Satan newsfeed, uh, a social networking site, or one of you via word of mouth. This is the only way that the show is going to keep going. If my numbers of active listeners drop to, you know, double digits, I, I won't, I and mean, believe me, we're nowhere near that right now, but I'll just stop doing the show because there's no reason for it. I don't have an audience. But if you tell people about it and you spread the word about Nine Cents, and I keep hearing, hey, I just heard about your show. Well, then I will keep doing it. And I will keep reaching out to some amazing people and bringing their conversations back to you. That's this sort of give and take we have. I want to build this very powerful ship uh, that, that has a very uh, original take on the greater satanic conversation. And I want you to be a part of it. And that means that in this relationship, I'm going to give you entertainment. In turn, you need to spread the word. I would thank you very much for doing so. And for those of you who give me testimonials and ratings and send me emails, you guys are the best. I truly appreciate it. And that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps this train rolling down the track. Nine Cents is here because of you. Thank you. Um, and in that vein, I have been really working hard at upgrading the website. So I don't know if, if you know about this. 
each of the segments on this show has a page on the website, which if they have a Facebook feed um, or a Facebook page, I put their Facebook feed on that page. It has their logo, it has a little bit of a, a, a splash header, and it has information about the segment. And then it has every single segment separated from the actual podcast it aired with represented there. So you can listen to every single episode of Down to the Crossroad without listening to the rest of the Nine Cents show. I just put them a week later uh, so I don't spoil you know my actual podcast going out. Every single agent provocateur, and there's going to be three, the third is this week, is represented without Nine Cents Normal, but just that segment on that website page. Uh, Milton Eroticism, represented. I Dream of Jesse. that's right. Every single one of those that she's ever done, and each one of them is gold, is represented there. Some of the people have a, a picture of them on there, so you can see what these voices sound like. But go check it out. The segment page is just, it's on the drop-down menu of About under the 9centspodcast.com website. Um, and then you're going to find a couple other things. Obviously, I'm going to throw up a donation thing uh, button, but it's at the very bottom of the homepage. If you feel like donating, awesome. If you don't, okay. I'm doing this for you. know you. I'm doing this for fun, but I don't necessarily right now need your help. But it, it's definitely appreciated, so don't let me talk you out of it. Um, so the donation page is there. Uh, button is there. And everything that you donate goes directly to hosting the podcast files on the website, licensing the URL, and my time and equipment and software required to produce this show. Never is it going to go for my booze or my food or my kids. I, I work for that. Um, you don't have to worry about that. But uh, So if you want to donate, awesome. I'd appreciate it. If not, I'm still going to be putting out the podcast. Advertising. Um, here's something that I'm toying with. I, I've announced it before. And I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it or how I'm going to develop it. But right now on the contact page, there's a little blurb about advertising on Nine Cents. If you're interested, contact me. I haven't reached out to anyone yet, but there are, there are a number of people that I want to reach out to do a little bit of cross-promotion. Uh, it hasn't happened yet because I'm really freaking busy at the moment. And then there's the testimonials. If you've ever wondered what other people think about Nine Cents, honest, candid reviews about Nine Cents go to the website, check out my testimonial page. This is everything from emails sent into my email address, info at reviews on iTunes, and testimonials posted from the very website there. So you can post your own, and it is very much appreciated, and I will put it there. And there's a little teaser running on the uh, homepage, little, you know, one or two sentence blurb of each random um, uh testimonial so you can see what other people think check it out it's fun it takes a lot of time for me to put this stuff together so i appreciate it if you do enjoy it um and then uh obviously intros to every one of the segments pay on their individual segment pages and then every single episode i've ever done for nine cents is represented on the website if you haven't checked it out already you can get my very first episode which is not good <laughs> But it's there, all the way up until this very episode on the Monday that it's released. And the, it's released the day after I, I run it and air it and record it. And uh, uh, sorry, I'm 
<laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the clock and I'm trying to spit everything out as fast as possible because I realize I'm like a half hour in here. Let me go ahead and stop now. But yeah, check out the website, all the stuff I've been doing to it. Let me know what you like about the website and what you'd like to see changed or put there that that's not there now. I, I'm, you know, I want to build this so that it's a place for you to uh, check on the podcast and I want you to get something out of it. So I want you to let me know what you want to get out of it. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into Nine Cents Letters. You are your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And you are the devil's advocate. I'm a Satanist. I'm an active member in the Church of Satan, but I do not speak for the Church of Satan. That is all. What are ways to be an active member? And here's the letter. Hey Adam, I was listening to your May 19 episode that Aaron co-hosted, and I heard you talk about going to meet that guy who is an illustrator uh, that you wanted your son to meet. I got curious. What are ways to be an active member in the Church of Satan? I'm not sure how to actively put out the word on what true Satanism actually is. There's a lot of actually and actually. And <laughs> um, thank you very much for contacting me. I, I truly appreciate it. And I know you didn't expect me to bring it up, which is why I'm not going to give your name. But I do truly appreciate the feedback. And I replied to you shortly and briefly and I hope it was clear, and it seems like it was, but for everyone's benefit, because I know you're not the only person with this type of a question, um, let me just say, the information is actually right on the Church of Satan website. If you just go to the affiliation page on thechurchofsatan.com, you will actually find information all about active membership. But but let me say, let, let, let me put it this way. I joined the Church of Satan, I it was the end of 97, or early 98. I was stationed in Fort Knox, Kentucky at the time, which is why I remember it. And um, I, I joined because I wanted, I wanted to connect with something um, as much as I could that I identified myself as. So I saw myself as a Satanist, and, and I had since high school. I don't know why it took me so long to join the Church of Satan, but it came to a point where I had $200, or actually at the time, I'm sorry, it was $100, um, in my wallet, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this toward me. And so I joined. And I never thought twice about being an active member. It just never even... It was never a thing for me. And then I decided, years later, I decided I wanted to um, I wanted to do this podcast. And I wanted it to have some authority associated with it. It wasn't just someone shouting into the ether. It was, it was someone who was a member of the Church of Satan um, delivering satanic information. And so I submitted my active membership application. And I, it may have been the second time. I may have submitted it a long time ago before. But... Um, I submitted it again because I, I wanted to uh, have a little weight to this podcast. 
so that when I was speaking, I was speaking from a position of authority rather than just someone, you know, randomly talking about things. And the first year and a half, um, almost two full years of this podcast, uh, I was just active as a traditional registered member. I didn't have any degree under me or anything. Um, I had spoken with Magus Gilmore. I had spoken with Magistra uh, Nadramia, and I realized that uh, very quickly, these are fantastic human beings that were really cool, and they were doing something that none of us were. And that was protecting that very thing that we associate with the core of ourselves, Satanism. They were the ones standing up and taking the hits and fighting the fight. And I thought, damn, I, I wish there was something that I could do more. Um, and so I sort of doubled down on the podcast and just, you know, started working on it. And then they granted me um, the second degree, which is Warlock. And I thought, this is awesome. This is amazing. You know, I've, I've been recognized for the work that I've put into this podcast it's seen as valuable and, you know, I, I don't know if it was stick to I don't know if it was reaching out and trying to deliver entertaining content um, through a satanic lens, but not always necessarily having to anything directly to do with Satanism, but it was very much appreciated by me. Um, and so I've been asked a number of times, well, why you? Why did you get this? Why, you know, I, I've had my active membership in for years and I'd never, you know, whatever. This is the best thing I can say. You're thinking too much about it. You're worrying too much about it. You, you should not want to be an active member so that you can have a title. You should want to be an active member um, because you're bringing something to the table, something of substance that says, this is what a Satanist is, and it is of value to the rest of the world. Like, like if, if someone saw me and looked at my accomplishments, uh, the proverbial me, you know, you in this situation, I want them to be convinced without a doubt that that is person of substance because that is what they are living. Not because of, of what I want them to see, but because of my achievements that define me. That I'm a person of substance and that, oh, hey, wow, they've been recognized by the only mutual admiration society in the world, the Church of Satan. Everything with um, active membership in advancement is up to the hierarchy, uh, meaning at the very top, Magus Gilmore and Magistra Nudramia um, and Magistra Barton. They are the ones running the organization, and it is at their pleasure that people are given titles uh, of degrees, and it is because of their accomplishments. It is because of work that they have done, that they have been informed about, that, that prove that you are a human being of worth, that you are not doing this just to get a title, that you are trying to build up the Church of Satan, through your regular daily activities of excellence. And that's really what it's about. So if, if you're asking, 
how do I become an active member because I want to spread the word about Satanism? You don't have to be or, or clarify things uh, about Satanism. You don't have to be an active member to do that. I did it for a number of years before I was an active member. Um, you just have to tell the fucking truth. Like, understand the core concepts that are in the Satanic Bible and the Satanic Scriptures. Understand them and read them over and over again. D digest the website, churchofsatan.com. Buy the amazing books um, by our founder, Anton LaVey, uh, and uh, other members of worth read their essays, understand them. As soon as you have, and that's why they say, you know, Satanism is study, not worship. As soon as you fully comprehend what it means to be a Satanist in yourself, then you can clarify our position. But, but if you're just doing this because, hey, I want to be an agent and I want to get out there in front of uh, the television and I want to tell people this is what Satanism is, well, then you're probably not going to be doing a very good job because you're not taking it seriously. It's not for you. It's for the organization. That's what these active memberships are for. It is the organization understanding you are doing something of worth and recognizing you as such and pulling you in a little bit closer to the Church of Satan so that you can then express reality of Satanism in your actions. It is about your success and that's really what it comes down to the church of satan has recognized your success and they have uh, given you a title and given you a position and a degree hoping that you will continue developing yourself i've talked about maslow's hierarchy of needs in this podcast uh by way of a, a toolkit a tool in your toolkit of, of lesser magic and, and just personal development this should be applied to your logic when you're going through life. And if your active membership application has been received and uh, acknowledged and you have been granted uh, a position of, of degree, well, congratulations. But that's not the goal. Being recognized for your achievements is fantastic and it feels great. But that's not the goal. The goal is... To protect what is in all of us. To protect and take some of the hits away, you know, just sort of block a little bit. When everyone else is hitting us from the outside, so that it's not just the um, high priest taking those hits. We owe that as Satanists if we've chosen to be active members. We owe that we're going to defend this religion that is so ingrained within us uh, that we've associated ourselves with. Uh, we owe that to Satanism. And that, in my opinion, and all of this is my opinion, is, is what you should be thinking of when it comes to being an active member, not getting a degree and getting a title, because that's not what's important. Um, if you understand that, then put in your active membership application and you want to know how you're going to get recognized by living a successful life. That's it. It's so easy. It's, it's incredible. Live a successful life. Correspond with headquarters. Let them know what you're doing in your life. And 
at their pleasure, you will be given a degree if you merit it. But you may be asked to prove what you're saying. And if you're trying to pull some shit, if you're lying and you're making shit up, you could very well be kicked out. I mean, it's, it's like that. Truth, honesty, what your real achievements are, that is what's important. Do not bloviate who and what you are. That is not true. That is a sin. <laughs> there can be a sin. All right, so that I hope that clarifies a little bit about, you know, the hierarchy, about active membership. And, you know, if you're interested in uh, being an active member, by all means, fill out the paperwork and submit it. Uh, you better be a member. And then, uh, you know what? Live your life, man. Live your life. Succeed. Define your success. Set your goals and achieve them and correspond with those that are holding that amazing tent up above Satanism. Uh, let them know what you're doing. And um, yeah, if you hear people making stuff up, whether it's person to person or telling outright lies about Satanism, if you feel comfortable with it, clarify it. But make sure that they understand that you're not, you do not represent the whole of the Church of Satan. The only time you can do that is with consent of the Church of Satan to do so. Make sure you let them know, I'm a Satanist and I don't speak for the Church of Satan, uh, but I am a member and you're wrong. This is what it really means. This is what it really is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of all you can do. Uh, be the best you you can be. It sounds really army, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's what it is. All right, let's go ahead and, oh yeah, you know what's next? I'm so excited for this. Yeah. Agent Provocateur, baby. Come on, Darren. What we got next? I am not a liberal nor a conservative. I'm not a Democrat nor a Republican. I am not a socialist nor a capitalist. I am not an authoritarian, and I'm definitely not fighting for your cause. I belong to no party, I support no politicians, I am loyal to no state, and your cause celebra means nothing to me. I am Darren Deicide, Agent Provocateur. Welcome back to another episode of Agent Provocateur, here on the glorious Nine Cents Podcast. This is the show where I go through the news desk here and bring to you critical thinking and entertainment on the human species. And what do we have here? Just recently, the annual San Fermin Festival in Pamplona happened. And of course, with it came the traditional running of the bulls, which is officially called the Enciero. Ah, that's good, right? I've been working on rolling my R's. The tradition dates back to the early 14th century, when men would goad bulls towards the markets as a way of expediting their transportation to slaughter. The festival is annual and starts on July 7th and lasts for seven days. Each day at 8 o'clock in the morning, runners first sing a benediction to and pray at an idol of Saint Fermin. Two rockets are fired into the air and the gates of the Calle Santo Domingo Corral are opened to allow six bulls to run through a preset and barricaded route that goes through a historic district of Pamplona. The goal of the run has diverted from its historical roots and turned towards something much more barbaric and ritualistic. Now bulls are chased and teased towards a bull ring for a bullfight. 
Once all six bulls enter the ring, two more rockets fire into the air to signify to the cowardly masses that the bulls have been corralled and perhaps provide some sense of accomplishment, I guess. In the bull ring, the bulls are sentenced to a torturous, slow death, outnumbered by homo sapiens rabid with bloodthirsty sadism. Traditionally, picadors on padded horseback enter the bullring and stab the bull at close range with lances and barbed short spears. Prior to the practice of armoring these horses with padding, horses that were led into the bullring by the picadors died even more frequently from bull gorings than the amount of bulls killed by matadors. It took these geniuses a hundred years or so to figure out that they should probably do something to protect the horses they're riding on. Anyway. From this point, multiple matadors hook the bull in strategic spots of the body to debilitate and weaken it. The macho man in pastel tights then performs the estocada, a final few passes with a small red cape to exhaust the bull further and pierce the estoque sword through the shoulder blades and directly into the heart of the bull. What happens from this, this point is usually an extremely gratuitous and gory affair in which the animal is far too mutilated to carry on. The beast collapses in convulsions, often choking on their own blood. The crowd cheers. Advocates argue its virtues, saying it's better than taking them to a factory farm. Two quoquet, cries the matador. That's my general assessment of this blood ritual. Was it filled with cheap shots? You bet it was. Like most things men get their hands on, what started as an entirely functional part of society has been transformed into a silly pissing contest, in which men try to prove their worth by putting their asses squarely into harm's way to somehow prove just how macho they are. Don't agree with me? Just look at how men date, and you'll see my hypothesis at work. Most are complete putty in a wily woman's hands, and watching a man blow his paycheck on a woman in a weekend in the distant hope of getting a hand job is really just a failed man. Like Patrick Eccles. You see, the recent running of the bulls happened, and something that warms and tickles my heart happened. University of Utah student Patrick Eccles, along with two Spaniards, was gored making him the first American since Matthew Peter Tassio to be gored at the running of the bulls. The difference is, Patrick Eccles is in stable condition minus a spleen. Matthew Peter Tassio is dead. Much like the man often found blowing his paycheck on the lady out of his league, Matthew Peter Tassio went home to gold showers and dirty magazines. You see, the woman who does strip that man of his paycheck in a single date should. She never asked to have his expectations foisted on her. She never volunteered to be a part of this parlaying of orgasm for money. She's just simply being the strong, confident, and indulgent woman that she is. She's following her nature. And so is her male pride. And so is the bull. The bull also never volunteered for this pathetic display of insecure men. Yeah, I'm picking on men. Look at the demographic of people stupid enough to stand in front of a raging stampede of 1,200-pound bulls. It's a running sausage party! So when a bull shish kebabs some hopeless sap spleen, great, fuck him. But what I don't like is the ritualistic animal sacrifice given to saint for me. 
Once again, Christianity rears its ugly head and shows off its true hypocritical colors. And it never comes out more creatively than when it comes out through the Catholic wrath. Without going into a giant spiel about Catholicism, let's just say it's occultism in shabby Christian clothing. It's voodoo packaged in a nice harmless bow. There's a lot that can be said about this. Maybe this is another Asian provocateur episode, but let's put that little Catholic thing on the shelf for now. According to legend, and I'm calling it legend because there's no such fucking thing as a miracle, Saint Fermin was the son of a Roman senator that converted to Christianity and was later beheaded. But because he was so damn saintly, where he was buried, ice and snow melted, smoke rose, people were healed. Watch Monty Python's Life of Brian for an idea of how it happened. The reason all those people running the bulls wear, the, wear their cute little red bandanas is because they're ritualistically identifying with Saint Fermin. The bandanas are symbols of his beheading. So here's my idea. I have a great idea that's going to take this vicious Catholic animal sacrificing ritual and turn it into something that will satisfy all parties involved. The douchebags who get off on teasing and torturing animals can have their run. They can identify with their patron saint by martyring themselves to their religion. Let's strip out some of the rules, first of all. Did you know that if you read the official rules to the running of the bulls, there's actually a rule that says holding, harassing, or maltreating the bulls and stopping them from moving or being led to the pens in the bull ring is prohibited? Maybe I'm missing something, but isn't that the whole point of this? Uh, anyway, drop the pretenses and drop that rule. Also, let's drop this other rule that says being in the bull run while drunk under the effects of drugs or any other improper manner is prohibited. Instead, we let a free flow of drugs into the bull run. This will make it much more sporting for the bulls and raise the body count. Now, when the bull gets to the bull ring, throw a deserving criminal defenseless into the circle. I can already hear the roars of the stadium as the bull tosses its victim like a ragdoll and makes him do a 50 mile per hour horizontal cartwheel in the air. Maybe we can start timing the bulls. That sounds like a good idea. The ones that dispatch their victims the quickest will be ranked higher. And let's give them great show names like Tornado, the Grand Destroyer of Pancreases. Once we start ranking them, maybe we could give them brownie points for interesting deaths. You know, the bull that slices open someone's rectum, while it took him a while to do it, he should be acknowledged for his creativity. I'd definitely pony up the money to witness this. And when the bull is done doing the job, all the popcorn has been bought and all the beer has been drank, we let the aggressive bulls breed new generations of tougher and tougher bulls. We reward the winners. Rather than punish the bull for following its instincts, revere it. Treat them like idols. Let them chew grass and pasture. Help them build their strength for the next running of the bulls. If you need a volunteer for this job of taking care of massive bulls, I might be interested. I could use a career change. I like this new version of the running of the bulls. Well, maybe not so much a running of the bulls, but a goring of the humans. There you go, the goring of the humans. Pathetic men who enjoy suspending their natural instinct of self-preservation can play with the bulls. The bulls can live happy lives trampling them. 
and the rest of us sane human beings can watch the spectacle from the stands. And hell, we'll be living the good Roman life once we start getting some criminals in the bullring. <sighs> this is the stuff dreams are made of, folks. And in this one exceptional case, I'll hang on to my idealism. Until then, I'll be cheering those bulls on every time one of their hooves crushes a foot, one of their horns slices through someone's thigh. Whenever they knock some poor sap over, I'm cheering him on. Thank you, David Lingbloom. I have to shout this out. Thank you, David Lingbloom. I know you're out there listening. I had no idea what I was going to do for this Asian provocateur. But then this came up, and I had a little discussion with David, and man, was I inspired. And thus, we have this episode. Next episode... Ladies and gentlemen, the Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman case. Ha! Just kidding! What does this look like? Fox News? Come on. We got much bigger fish to fry. The next episode, Zionism's free pass gets revoked. Thank you once again for tuning in to Agent Provocateur. this show called? What do you mean, what is it called? You know, what's the name of the show? What, like the title? What's the title of the show? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah, what's the big deal? What's the title of the show? Look, it should be good enough for you and for any of you other Generation Y's or X's or W's or Z's or or whatever fancy letter you're sitting on today to, to realize that it's not about what the title is. It's not about when I was your kid, there's only one thing that we had growing up. When we wanted to watch a show, we just turned on the telly on Saturday mornings, and you know what we got? Do you know? Do you have any idea what we got? No, I have no idea. Why are you freaking out? Every single Saturday. And we didn't know what shows were, what, what titles were, or, or what... We had no choices on what to watch. We were stuck with the creature feature, and so are you. Even in this economy, it's probably easy to find a job at a pie factory. They always have a lot of turnover. (laughs) There was once a jaded old man who refused to put his glasses on to see a parade because he didn't care for spectacles. So many infants are bottle-fed these days that for the few who actually get breast-fed, it's a real teat. (laughs) A man tried to quit smoking, and he went crazy. Now he's in a menthol institution. Speaking before you think is pretarded. <laughs> a policeman strolled into a store, whistling a tune, when he discovered an armed robbery in progress at the register, which was a surprising counterpoint. 
<laughs> After a monkey dies, it becomes a ghost and eats bananas. <laughs> A man was preparing breakfast and burnt his toast. So all he had was a glass of milk because he was black toast intolerant. <laughs> if the life of Jesus is the greatest story ever told, then why does it end right after the Pilot episode. <laughs> Thank you very much, Michael Anthony. All right, folks, if you want to learn a little bit more about Pun Hell, check out punhell.com. That's right, it's got its own website, punhell.com. You know what? That's going to do it. That's going to do it for another show. I hope you enjoyed it, and I would love to hear from you. Visit the website 9centspodcast.com and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Let me know of any suggestions or critiques, corrections, or shit, general comments you might have. You can visit the SatanNet, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, or MySpace page for 9 cents and get updated on weekly topics. Download the show Monday nights via my RSS feed found at 9centspodcast.com. We're also on Last.fm, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube, so look for us there. You can subscribe to 9 Cents via iTunes by searching 9 Cents, and don't forget to leave a rating and or comment. If you'd like to learn more about the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com. And you should. The only way this podcast is going to live is if you tell a friend. Share nine cents with your friends, enemies, hell your grandmother. Let's build this satanic ship from hell together. Help spread the word. <laughs> that was a weird pause. Satanic ship from hell. <laughs> Once again, thank you for joining me. And as always, I am your host, Adam Campbell. And until next week, hail Satan.